BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A veteran producer and MC hailing from Canada has a challenge for you. It's called Good News Challenge. He has just dropped his newest single, Good News, which is dope, by the way. His name is Classified. I want to welcome him to the library with Tim Monaco. Man, thank you so much for joining me, Classified. Good, man. Thanks for having me. Pretty much, I think, obviously, we're in this uh, COVID-19 pandemic uh, together, all of us. And uh, I, I think a great question to ask is, how are you doing as an artist? How are you doing personally? I'm all right, man. Like, I, I kind of quarantine a lot. My home studio is in my house, so I spend a lot of time there. Anyway, um, you know, it's been four weeks now that I haven't seen no friends, kind of just been hiding out on my own and, you know, dealing with my kids like you are right now you know what i mean i got i got three daughters so trying to keep them busy trying to keep them active and try not to keep eating all the junk food just bad like i just been eating awful and just kind of taking it day by day so the huge thing is just like you know obviously trying to be an adult and and live your life or your professional life but also have to the importance of remembering that throughout this it's a lot of emotional support for our kids um and i think I'm going to try to tie this in a weird way, but I think like, you know, obviously you as an artist, the great thing that you have an ability to do is kind of use your writing, use your art to, and this is prior to all this, but to be kind of therapeutic for you. Um, Yeah. Oh man. 100%. What have you been able to kind of pass on to your family about what you've learned, kind of how you deal with that, you know, how you deal with stuff to be therapeutic. How, How have you passed that on to them? probably just talking about it honestly like that's kind of me making songs i feel like i'm talking to someone about it you know i have people that will check it out so i feel like when i'm going through something you know even when i'm not comfortable talking about it i can put it in music and i kind of feel like i get it off my chest and that's the same with my kids my youngest daughter is only six so she gets mad she crumbles up in a ball runs to the corner doesn't want to say anything and i'm like you've got to communicate you've got to tell people how you feel like and that's kind of my message is don't be scared to be yourself. Tell people if you're feeling a certain way in any type of situation and just be open like that. Like communication is such a crucial thing in his life. So, you know, don't be scared to open up and tell people how you're feeling, whether you're happy or sad or whatever it is. Don't just keep it all balled in and, you know, think that's a safe thing to do. You got to get it out and let people know. Hmm. Do you find yourself writing more now during this time or writing less? Uh, you know, I mean, not really. Like, probably I would be because we're just shut down. I can't go nowhere. Just finish like this, these two projects a week before this all kind of kicked in. You know, usually when I've done a project, I don't want to be in the studio. I kind of feel exhausted. I've kind of been in doing this for nine months straight, not leaving my house. So right now it's kind of like, 
I wish I wanted to write, but I don't because I just finished my projects. I'm kind of like, okay, let me go out, get some sunshine, and, and try to see the world, which we really can't right now. So it's, it's just a, it's a weird time. I was going through your old uh, your old body of work, and I and I think I, and I came across the track uh, uh, ten years off the project. Tomorrow could be uh, be the day things change, and I really like what you do with it because you take us from the age of ten to the age twenty to age thirty. You and I are relatively the same age, um, you know, are twenty one each. Uh, what is the what is if you if you were to take that track and went from thirty to forty? What would kind of be your takeaway of what you've learned from 30 to 40? And then even future-wise, 40 to 50? See, I feel like I'm immature. So at my 40-year-old age, I'm probably like a typical 30-year-old. <laughs> nice. um, but when I wrote that track, I actually had the fourth verse about being 40. So like originally the fourth verse started, and when I hit I'll continue my story. I kind of left it there because I kind of felt like between 30 and 40, I'm kind of still living that same range, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I don't know, though. I don't know exactly what I think. Once I get to 50, I'm going to kind of see things and go, okay, you know what I mean? Like I wrote that 10, 20, 30 thing when I was 40 because I do feel like I'm kind of like 10 years behind. I've always been just an immature kid, you know. 16 years old when I should have been out smoking and drinking and shit I was still home making stupid weird out songs with my brother and you know stuff like that so I'm sure it's gonna be more of you know what I mean less caring about what people think valuing more of my friendships and family and stuff like that but I think until I get to 50 I'm not gonna quite sure now. I won't quite know yet you don't gotta go if you don't wanna go you can stay and I'd be Definitely, like I'm 40, but I still feel like I am reminded of a 20 year old. Uh, Straight up. With uh, <laughs> uh, uh, one thing, I, one thing I also like about the um, when I was going through uh, your discography and Spotify stuff is that there are, there are acoustic versions of of, of some of your tracks. Uh, and my couple questions there is: uh, Are you? Is it, does that mean with these acoustic versions? Are you re? Are you rhyming over the acoustic? Are you? Are you remixing as a producing wise? Are you doing remixing? Uh, also, why kind of give us that? Ability, well, like why give us that that version, that acoustic version? That's just something I started doing. Uh, I have a guitar player in my band, and during you know goes, we'll break down for like ten minutes, and I'll kind of do acoustic versions of songs and it was something I started years ago and I just always find when you do acoustic versions of songs you hear lyrics different when there's not a big heavy beat going you can kind of dive in you can feel the feeling more so that's something I just that was the other project I finished this good news project and I also finished an acoustic album of like songs from my whole catalog and, and then we have a tour coming up in October and November and it's like me sitting down with my drum machine and my guitar player and, and we've done maybe four or five shows like that and it's been so dope like where I've been rocking heavy bass in the club 12 o'clock everyone's drunk for 15 years doing that I still have fun doing that but 
doing this is like a whole different feel of like seeing people reacting in the crowd, laughing, crying. You know, just to me, it's like the payoff of the leader. How many more of these indigenous women have to go missing before somebody will listen, huh? We need to change the conditions. Maybe it's blatant racism. Maybe there's hate in the system, but we gotta fix it because the people feel, and the mothers feel, and the fathers feel. Like, don't anybody care about my daughter? Don't anybody care if she's alive or she been slaughtered? They deserve to know so they can go and bury her with honor. Big up to those fighting on and everybody fighting strong. I wish that I could do more than just write a song. I feel so. I feel so. I'm not sad I'm strong. I won't feel powerless. Won't feel powerless. Won't feel powerless. Thank you to my hero. I hope to meet you someday. Anybody out there hear me? I hope somebody can hear me. Cause I don't wanna be no more. One day, one day. Cause I don't wanna be no more. Maybe one day, one day. We hope. Cause I don't wanna be no more. One day. You released your newest track on Rap Shit and on Facebook. <laughs> How old are you? Uh, seven and five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the same boat as me. Keep the change when you come with the cheap talk. We don't hear nothing when the beat drop. This is the type of shit you never hear about. Question my position and my whereabouts. Say I ain't a success because I got a success. iPhone signal failing like my piss test. Man, oh man, we do it first. When you released, when you released your track, you wrote on Facebook, uh, it's hard to think of what to say about dropping a new song or a new project when I've dropped so many over the years uh, and have pretty much everything I can uh, about dropping something new. I just know when I made this beat, it hit, it hit me and everything. I hear I liked it more. Um, when you drop, when you drop or create a beat like this, what was it about that kind of that track that that hit you hard? That kind of made you want to that, that, that you knew it was that, that this beat was just like the best thing, one of the best things you ever made. Um, I don't know, man. It's like when you're first making it, you don't notice it exactly right away, but just the more like i said the more and more i kept hearing it it was like boom just as soon as the beat kicks in there was no build up no intro it just dropped in and every time it drops in it kind of hit me and just gives you that dirty jay-z what the fuck face you know what i mean white beaters and performing with a fanny pack of battle rap how i be bending bars like a mac like dissecting bars just like a doctor drake at the aftermath make rap great again impeach the fake take away streams everybody pays for them ain't nobody saving them i tried to offer help to a nigga he started mumbling so i didn't know what to i'm say always to interested uh, about how you how you name a track i mean uh when did you name the track and then when did you i think i actually had that line i wrote a whole shit i wrote a whole song about rap shit and then scrapped it i wrote that line from right. a song like two or three years ago and i just didn't use it and then when i made that beat i kind of went through my phone to look for lines and stuff and that was the first one I did. I wrote a whole bunch of rap shit and scrapped it. And I knew it was just going to be some hip hop spitting bars type thing. It wasn't going to be a deep story or nothing. Like I just wanted to be on some MC shit. So rather than trying to get into a big name, I was like, man, this is just some rap shit. Like this is, you know, this isn't a, a good news track. This is in 10 years. This is just me spitting some stuff. And this is my rap shit. And I was like, I'm just going to call it rap shit just to, you know what I mean? I wasn't trying to fake like this yeah. was some 
deep meaning song or something deeper than it was. It was just something. When I heard that beat, it hit me, and I wanted to spit some some clever metaphors and some bars. Uh, on the track you spit, uh, hip hop ain't the same since Nate Dogg died. Um, Hell yeah. What, what, what kind? What was his uh, for you? I mean, what was your, what was his impact on you uh, as an artist, as a person? Uh, I just um, got goosebumps when you said that. Like Nate Dogg for me, because I grew up on like Dog Pants, Snoop, Dre, um, East Coast stuff as well. But coming from Nova Scotia, Canada, it wasn't like you only listen to hip hop in the East Coast or the West or even the South. I kind of listened to stuff everywhere. But like early Dre, early Snoop, all that dog pound stuff, like Nate Dog was just, he made every song. Like I like hooks, you know my music, so you can tell I like hooks, but I love that it always had like a hip hop vibe. It didn't sound like your typical singer that you'd get to sing your choruses. Nate Dog just had his own style. And to me, like he's made some of the most classic records ever. And since he died, I might be wrong right now, but I don't think, I don't even think Dre's had a record that hit like the stuff that like his Dre had a hit since the chronic. I know he had the, I need a doctor. He had Kush, but that just kind of came and went and you never heard. But like, you know, Nate dog was to me a staple and probably one of the most important people in, in West coast hip hop and hip hop in general. Is there like a Nate dog track that you kind of, you, 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 you know, you wish you kind of were like maybe a fly in the wall when he was recording it or when he was writing it, man, the whole doggy style album, but even like oh no with Feral Manche and uh yeah. and most deaf. That song was dope. Like I loved hearing Nate Dog on other shit too when it wasn't just Death Row or West Coast shit and it was like, oh so and so got Nate Dog on it. Um But I'm trying to think of like <laughs> all the Dre shit, you know what I mean, from Chronic two thousand one that he was on. Um you know it was super dope, the above the rim soundtrack. What what was the uh mm. But yeah, just that early, mid-90s, everything Nate Dogg did to me was like special. It just felt like something. And I don't even think I knew how special it was then. But 20, you know, how, how, when, what year did he die? Maybe 12, 15 years okay. ago? Whatever it was. But like, that's when I started noticing like, fuck, Nate Dogg was important, man. Like nobody has done what Nate Dogg has done since then and made classics like he's done. And I just don't think he gets his due of being one of the... You know, you hear about the Tupacs, you hear about the Biggies, the Easy es and Big L and this, and it's like Nate Dogg should be up on that list with anybody. Who are I mean, actually? Who I should have asked you this, but who who are your 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 influences? I mean, who who did you grow up listening to? Uh, was it mainly, I guess, uh, uh, people from the United States, or I mean, were you listening oh, yeah, to Canadian hip hop artists? American, like Canadian. We had like Maestro Fresh West. You know, we were young, young, and it was like you didn't even know it was Canadian. You just thought, oh, that was so and so with a video. As I got older and started following the scene and getting into the scene, there was the Chocolayers, the the Cardinals, Solitaires, stuff, uh, Socrates, stuff like that. But no, I grew up on American, you know, mid '90s hip hop. Pretty much anything that came out in the mid '90s, whether it's Goody Mob, Ocast, Red Man, Gangstar, Dre's, the Snoops. I kind of checked everything because I just kind of fell into it, and I was like, shit, I love this West Coast beats. I love these gritty East Coast beats. I love the way Snoop rides the beat, but I love the the lyrical flows of Big L or whatever it is. So it's kind of a little bit of everything, even like boot camp click and stuff like that. Like I was into all that shit. So so central cartel. I remember hearing that. Like just pretty much everything. I would check it out a little bit, but there's probably not a '90s hip hop artist you could name that I never heard of or at least check checked of. What is uh when you were growing up was uh. 
how I guess how how quote unquote acceptable was it for you know for you or for your a group of friends to kind of be into hip hop music? I mean, was that? Oh, it wasn't normal at all. No, like even listening to hip hop when I came up, like you know, our high school had eight hundred people, but it was like me and three other guys that listened to rap, and eventually we started rapping. And, you know, we were known as the guys who were trying to be the rappers in high school. You know what I mean? Like, that was kind of our identity because no one else did that shit in the 90s. And we got laughed at and called Wigger and wannabes and all this other shit. And, you know, you grow up and you see those same people coming back congratulating on what you do now. So it's kind of funny. But, no, it was definitely a, a secluded thing that, you know, just a group of us listened to and got into. Hmm. Uh, I want to I want to switch to the the track that you're you know, you're gonna drop today. Uh, good news. Uh, and the first line you start out with, I'm just happy to be, be breathing. I'm not trying to see what's uh, on the, the newscast, newscast this evening. Kind of yeah, yeah. yeah kind of take us into. I mean, for this track especially, take us into the writing process of this track and and like what was the setting like? Where were you? You know, well, when I, did this kind of idea hit you? Yeah, like I'm, I made the beat with this girl named Bria. She played piano and sang the hook. So we kind of. She came to my studio. We were kind of a couple of beats. She sang that. I was like, yo, that's dope. We finished kind of writing the hook. She left. Then I put drums on it, put the bass, kind of built the track out. And I knew I had something, but then I was like, how do I want to approach this? Do I want to go, uh, you know, complain about Trump or complain about typical things in the world that everybody's complaining about? Or do I want to kind of focus on something more positive? So, like, first I started writing it going, you know, I heard about you know, just complaining about like everybody else's about the world and kind of what's going on and saying this isn't right. And I was like, it just seems like I'm whining on the song. I didn't want to make it like a, a whining song. So I was trying to look at it from the positive going, okay, let me, I know there's big problems in the world, but there's a lot of small shit we can appreciate that we still even have this. So I kind of approached it more that way going, let's talk about the good things we do have and, 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 you know, celebrate those moments. Hmm. Uh, m- mentally, prior to 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 kind of writing this track, and then after getting it done, uh, has has there been a change for you? Like in terms of, I guess, you know, it's, it's I feel like it's just so hard to, especially with this pandemic. You know, all to your point, you don't want to see the newscast this evening, but when we do see the newscast, it feels like it's the most depressing shit in the world, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then, like, and when I wrote that song, like this was in November, so this is before any of the COVID or any of that shit. This was just talking about life in general, of turning on the news. So and so got murdered. This place is blown up. There's a war. Like it was just always like, okay, I don't really. And that's why I was like, you know, I don't need to turn on the newscast this evening. So I was trying to like from the first line not talk about the negative shit and just focus on the good stuff. Hmm. Uh, talk to me about the, uh, this, uh, the the good news challenge you got going on. Uh, when did this idea hit you and, and, and why did you feel we needed something like this? This was, and again, this was before the whole COVID thing. Like this good news challenge was supposed to start in February, the end of February. Um, and then we kind of put everything off just with what was going on. It was just a lot of unknown and didn't feel right. Um, but now like we, we, we're going to do it anyway. And it's basically, you know, whether you're stuck at home, like you with your kids or whatever it is. And it's like, appreciate those moments. So I wanted people to videotape, say, you know, something that they seen that made them happy or some good news they might've got in this, in these bad times. And let's share it on social media. And with every like share, like we're partnering with make a wish foundation and we're going to donate money to them to, you know, help somebody else that needs it. But to me, the most important thing is people recognizing these moments they might have in their daily life that they might not necessarily that 
know that, hey, this is a good thing. Let's celebrate this and, you know, let people appreciate these smaller things that we usually forget and don't celebrate. That's the whole point of it is we all have these good moments. Let's make sure we recognize it when we have them. Is there a video that you're you, you're going to post that kind of like starts to get the ball rolling, so to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. Like I did a couple rough ones too. Like, you know, one of them was I was in the studio and I got like my check boxes for albums, like when I finished songs and it was like the last song I had to finish. And it was like, yo, due to this virus, I'm kind of stuck in the house. Good news is the album's done. I get to cross it off. Another one was me out in the backyard with my daughter on her swing, just being like, hey, you know, it sucks that we're doing this here, but the good news is the sun is out. My daughter's on a swing. She's singing a song, and she could care less about what's going on in the world. So it's just like su- super little things that probably happen every day for everybody, but we take for granted, and we don't know. Like, yo, this this is something that we should celebrate. Even though it's small, it's still something that brings happiness. If you uh, if you kind of look at the lyrics, maybe recent lyrics you've written or um – or lyrics that kind of you you've that you've you've run throughout your career uh, and kind of use take take them and kind of see yourself where you are today as an artist mentally or as a person. Or is there a lyric that you've written that kind of stands out to you that kind of summarize where you are? Hmm, that's a good question. Hmm. Um, Fuck. Probably the whole first verse of uh the tomorrow could be the thing the day things change don't stop the intro that whole verse it was the last thing i wrote for that album and i just kind of felt like i summed up a lot of stuff in that verse i don't know if there's one bar you know what i mean i'd have to really sit down and think of something like okay if there's one bar that's like this is kind of describing me but i i remember writing that verse and feeling pretty strong about like I touched a lot of stuff in this of like how I feel about life, where I'm at, whether it's religion, whether it's happiness with the wife, whether it's, you know, buying weed stock and whatever it is. It was just kind of like something that really felt like I, I, I covered a lot of things that I was focusing on right now. I never will. I saw the sunshine rising and my life changed. I saw a different point of view within my price range. Oh yeah, it's high stakes. Trying to get your mind straight. Filling up on rice cakes and carbohydrates. Boy, I'm energized. Uh, at 25, I built an enterprise. I built a life that I won't jeopardize. I try to tell them winter's coming. This ain't winter fell. I put my life behind these bars but never been to jail. Who wanna take this from me? Well, I'm out enjoying my bread. I try to walk away from it but I heard that voice in my head saying and you have a, you obviously have a, a lot of music that you've put out so uh yeah yeah, yeah like I mean, even I, I, even starting that quite i'm like i was about to bring up my wiki in the background and be like hey let me start looking for songs but it would take me a, a while to find that like one or two bars it's like boom yeah that that sums up where i'm at right now now that's the funny thing about uh when you're when you when being the interviewer you you realize that you know when when an artist has written so much that the expectation that he or she is going to memorize their entire discography yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. is 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 a big be like what are you talking about you were just studying that piece the other day like i was uh so what's next i mean what's what what's next for you what what happens after um you know the good news challenge is going to be you know set next week yeah yeah we got the video coming out for that we got the acoustic video coming out for that um 
And then and then we got like the rest of that project. So it's like a seven song EP. So the next single will come out, you know, about four weeks later. And then um, depending what's going on with festivals, like we just had some festivals getting canceled. So kind of waiting out the coronavirus and see what's actually going to happen. You know, we got a big tour booked for October, November. So I'm hoping we'll be back to some some sort of norm by then. Uh, cool. Uh new single out today it's uh, called Good News uh, definitely worth and you should definitely check it out and listen to it uh, Rap Shit is also great to listen to as well uh, uh, MC and producer classified thank you so much for joining me on the library with Tim Lennon hey bro thank you This evening, nah, I don't need no reason. Music in the air, got the Grammys on the cable. Dinner on the plate, whole family at the table. This at home call, hit your soul, take your shoes off. This at feel good, yelling loud from the rooftop. This at snow day, all the kids taking school off. This at Billy Jean, Michael Jackson, first moonwalk. And I've been waiting for some good news, good news. I'm just trying to get my foot loose, foot loose. And we've been dealing with the wrong things so long. The smallest things can make it right, that's why we hold on for some good news. I've been waiting on some good about what's going right my daughter's smiling because her braces fixed her overbite and she's excited because her friends are staying overnight it's just the simple things that we get out of life forget the drama all around me i don't want to hear it i swear the more you talk about what's going wrong that's when you start to fear it and this ain't that this is payday with a pay raise this i walking away with the double you on game day this that good luck yeah we praying for it this that mcdonald's drive through and the guy in front's paying forward Help somebody, all that other sh- just ain't important. And watch what happens some more when you be waiting for some good news. I've been waiting on some good news. Yeah, me too. For the clouds to part and let the light shine through. I wanna wake up to a better tomorrow. Cause I let it all, where is the trust? Where is the truth? It's about time for some good news. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.